Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I want to thank you for all of the support that you've given me here. If you have any questions of me, you can send me a DM on my Instagram account at J. Scott Outdoors or send me an email jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Um, please tell your friends about it, and I appreciate your support. I also want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, Cody Nelson, the glassing guru. He's been on the podcast a bunch. Guys, if you need any optical uh, needs at all, anything glassing-related, tripod-related, uh, any optical questions, or if you need gear, give Cody a call at 702 847 8747. You can also text or call him on his cell phone 602-399-3699. Guys, use the J. Scott promo code when you're signing up for the Go Hunt Insider. That's going to give you uh, discounts. Um, Right now, they're running a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card if you sign up using the J. Scott promo code. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. Kuyu is a direct consumer brand, K-U-I-U.com. The ultralight hunting gear is the gear that I have worn since uh, and used since 2010. Um, They are a direct-to-consumer brand. You can go to Kuyu.com, order everything right there directly on the website. also want to point out for those of you that are near the Dallas, Texas area, they have just opened a retail location. So now they have a retail location in Dallas as well as in Dixon, California. Um, Also be looking out for the Kuyu guys um, at some of the trade shows that are coming up here in the next couple months. Thank you to Kuyu for their uh, longtime support. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Remind you guys to use the JScott23 promo code. That's going to get you 10% off on all orders at Phonescope. And then last but not least, LathropAndSons.com. Uh, contact owner Stephen and James at LathropAndSons, 618-544-8782. Uh, they make mountain hunting boots. They have the Encompass the Mountain Hunter, and the Elite Boot. Um, Again, reach out at 618-544-8782. Also ask them about their custom Synergy footbeds. Um, You can also check them out at lathropandsons.com. Guys, let's get right to this episode. Again, we're, we're approaching the new year of 2024. I appreciate all your support. Reach out. Love to hear from you. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today, I've got my friend Brendan Burns of Kuyu, the Chief Hunting Officer and Conservation Director of Kuyu. Brendan, how you doing? Doing great, man. How you doing? Good. It's been a while since I've talked to you, and I'm excited to get you on the podcast to kind of catch up and see how Brendan's doing, see how Kuyu's doing, and just have an overall chat. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, been busy, busy. So that's that's how it goes. Awesome. Well, um, let's start out. Um, since we've last talked, um, you've done a bunch of personal hunts. I know you've been elk hunting and doll sheep hunting. You fulfilled your grand slam, uh, big old brown bear, um, elk. I believe Lucas was there with you, um, and doll sheep in Alaska. Um, tell us about some of your recent hunts. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what we talked about, but yeah, a year and a half ago, I was able to finish up my uh, my archery grand slam, my second grand slam in, in Mexico, which was cool. And on Carmen Island, that was a that was a 
just a long time coming and cool to to finish that out and then uh i i think we launched the brown bear film probably we haven't talked since then and was able to take a, a second boon and crockett brown bear with a bow and you can you can watch that on kuyu.com um on our on our youtube site which is pretty which was you know those kind of things are not it's not something you, you, you it's just a dream come true and you know sometimes everything goes right and it's, and it's pretty rare that two times it goes right. So that was, that was, uh, just, you know, just a phenomenal hunt. And, uh, yeah, all comes in good, man. I, I, uh, um, I, yeah, again, I don't even know when we talked, but I, I killed a great big bull a year ago. And then this, this fall, um, shot a, a really giant bull and it was pretty cool. The first time I had, uh, my son Lucas with me and spent 11 days chasing one bull and, he had a weekend off, so I went and got him, and he came out with me, and we just got got into him, and uh, yeah, smashed a great big, you know, high seventies, super heavy bull with a crown point, with uh, Lucas over my shoulder at fifty yards, and he walked twenty yards and fell over dead. So pretty, uh, pretty awesome, and he was able to get his first really nice mule deer this fall, and yeah, man, just been just been good. And I I, had, I hunted doll sheep this fall too in Alaska, and so I killed a. Uh, a 41 inch ram in Alaska and a really, really tough hunt. You know, a lot of people know Alaska's, Alaska's pretty tough right now. And, uh, yeah, day, day 10 of a, or day 11 of a nine day or a 10 day hunt and killed a, killed a great big ram that, um, just the only legal ram I saw in, in, on the whole hunt. So it was, uh, put a lot of miles on and those are, those are the good ones when they end up like that. So yeah, overall been, been a lot of, a lot of good, lot of, lot of, lot of good luck. That's for sure. So, that's awesome. I want to bounce back to that brown bear hunt. So you, you've actually killed two big brown bears with your bow. Is that correct? Yep, two, two Boone and Crockett bears with a bow. And yep. the, the latest video that I watched, um, if I remember right, you were literally there for thirteen or fourteen days, and. I think you shot the bear, you spotted it on the last day and made a play on it. And tell us a little bit about the details of that hunt and kind of the struggles. You were with Lance, I believe, and yep. um, I believe Matt Forsythe was there filming yep. with you. Um, how much of a grind was that? And like, what, you know, what goes through your mind when, you know, you're just grinding and grinding and grinding literally some days, probably with hardly anything to, to report. Yeah, it was, uh, um, that's one of those things where I, I have a hard time even saying grind when you're able to do something that's, that's such a, um, such a limited opportunity that not a lot of people get to do. I mean, like, like you look at it as a privilege. You don't look at it as a grind. Like I'm lucky to get to do this is how you, that's how your brain works. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, it, it can be a physical grind and you're working very, very hard, but you're lucky um, to be able to do that. So that's how I look at everything, especially with those really, you know, those opportunities that not a lot of people get. And, uh, yeah, it was the 15th day of a 15 day season with about three hours to go. And we spotted this giant, we had, we had seen one early in the, like, we just, it just didn't work out early. And then we had a long stretch where it was pretty slow. And then, you know, it, I look at it like every single day is a new day. Every, I mean, you can see one of those giants at any given time. You got as good a chance to kill one on the last day as you do on the first day. Um, and you just got to be there when it happens. And it's just maintaining a high level of focus and glass and hard. And, um, and it, you know, it's just enjoying it. I mean, like, I mean, you, you never know how many times you're going to, you're going to get to do that kind of stuff. So 
Yeah, it was just a it was just a long hunt, and we saw a lot of bears, but not a lot of big bears. And I killed a the number six brown bear taken with a bow in 2018, and so I'm pretty picky too. It wasn't like we didn't see bears that I could go after. Um, I'm just looking for a giant. I, I just you know I the thing about score that people always get kind of mixed up is like it's like a competition or something like that. It's really not. I mean, like the you know I, I killed this bear that was number six all time. And then, you know, looking through the records and I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Nobody's ever killed two 28 inch bears with a bow. And, you know, not that it's like some crazy accomplishment or something, but I don't know how many guys have ever tried, but I'm like, I'm going to try to be the first one to ever do it. And, uh, that means I'm going to have to pass some bears up and try and kill a, an absolute, another monster and, and, and giant bears. Like I didn't know this bear had a 28 inch skull. We thought it was, a. I mean, we knew it was a monster, and you go after him, but it's not like you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's, a, you know, you go after a great big bear and you hope that he has a big skull. That's the honest God truth. Right. You see a mass, a mass of body and you're like, that's a big bear and it's the 15th day and that's a big one. How big it is, it's hard to say, but it's big. Yeah, the, the, the last day thing didn't factor in at all. I'm like, I'm going to go back if, if I don't get one. And, and I would way rather, you know, you can only kill one every four years. So I would far rather... Um, not, I would rather go having killed one, you know, a, a, a absolute monster that uh, back in 18, like I would rather go home without a bear than kill one. That's not what I'm, what's going to make me super pumped about. So I'd rather leave without one than, than kill a smaller one. So but but Brennan, see Brennan, one not giants, to interrupt you, but this is a super good point that I, you just said, doesn't that same mentality, shouldn't that apply to other trophy animals? And if people were trying to kill big stuff and they took this attitude on most hunts that they're willing to go home without one and they saw bucks bulls bears rams whatever it may be that didn't fit what they wanted what their heart was after wouldn't they probably end up shooting bigger animals because they've got the mindset of i'm willing to go home without one like i get asked on my instagram all the time like how do you become a trophy hunter? It's like, you don't become a trophy hunter. You have a mental mindset of, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to settle for anything else. Right? I mean, at some point, yeah, I mean, you have to make on... a decision on what you're trying to do. And it sounds like on this bear, you're like, I can only kill one every four years. I don't want to just kill a little one. I've already killed a giant. I want to kill another giant. Yeah, it all depends on where. I mean, if you're just trying to get one and it's your first time ever and it's a lot of money, that's different. I totally understand taking one. But like once you've done it, right? And that's how I've been with elk for a long time. Is like I, it gives me way more anxiety to have my tag punched on something that I'm not going to be happy with than to say, "Oh, I got one." I right. mean, like I would way rather eat my tag than kill something I'm not going to be happy with. And that's just me personally. Like especially once you you know killed the giant. That's same thing with this bear. But you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's once you've taken some or have experienced that kind of stuff, it's like you're looking for a great big one. Um, you just got ultimately, you just got to give it time. I mean, I'm gonna run into another great big one. It's like, can you wait long enough, and can you have a tag in your pocket when that opportunity presents itself? It's not that it's not that hard. It's just if you want to kill a you know with anything, you want to kill a 200 inch mule deer. Every time you pull the trigger on a, on a pencil horn 160. That's one, that's an opportunity that you're not going to get to kill. Right. To be and out if you still have time left on your hunt and you pull that 
trigger on a 160, you've just defeated your goal and purpose of trying to kill a 200. So what you're saying is like, it comes down to you have to be willing to put in the time, but you have to let the time play out in your favor. And if it if the clock stops and you don't get one, you know that you you were in the pursuit of killing a 200 and the clock ran out and you ran out of time. But all yeah. of a sudden, you've been on so many hunts where I've heard the story of like the last day or the second to the last day or literally packing up camp and like happen to look at like you let the clock run out and hope that you can find what you're looking for in that time period. You don't just say, oh, I'm just going to just going to I've shot eight of them already and I'm just going to go ahead and bag one so I can take a picture with it and show my friends and be like, look how good I am. No, I think it really boils down to like giving it enough time and, and what you're going to be happy with. And, you know, it's a progression. I mean, I, I wasn't that way when I, you know, I would have killed any elk in my first one. And, and same with the, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, some stuff, it's like, man, that's an opportunity you're not ever going to see again. You want to get one. Well, I totally understand that. But on, on some of this stuff, in particular, like this is bear, like I'm going to go back. And you can't, like my goal doesn't change on day 15 from it did from, day one of the hunt when you're super excited it just it's just not going to change having taken a big one like i don't i don't need another one you know it's a eight thousand dollar kick in the kneecap uh when you get home anyways with the with getting the thing mounted so yeah um yeah so it's it, like i said or just you got to give it enough time and we end up moving to a new area with that big brown bear and and you know boom there he was and it was a perfect situation we were literally packing up to leave big hike back and he came off the off the ocean with a with a moving a uh, breeding a sow, and it was, you know, then then and and you don't have to look at those giant bears very long. I mean, people are always like, well, how do you know? I mean, we looked at fifty bears over the course of fifteen days, and three of them, when you see them, you just go, oh yeah, that's yeah, they're like a that's seven a foot person. <laughs> you don't have to look very long. Like right. it's now whether they have a giant skull or not, that's you know that's where some of the luck lies. And uh, yeah, anyways, made a big move on them and um it was just about to go south and 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 lance started blowing a predator call and got i got in fairly close to bear 55 yards and he stood up on his hind legs and nuked him in the heart and you know it's one of those things where it looks easy once it's done and it seems like oh it always works out and but you know it's just yeah it was pretty pretty cool and you know like i don't have lots of I, it's hard to say hunt of a lifetime on just about anything but that's that's a top 10 for sure it was pretty pretty wild so um what is it about hunting brown bears with a bow that for you is is almost like the pinnacle of of what you hunt and other guys that I know that have done it they they really get into it you know they they go from like loving to you know hunt bugling big bulls type of thing and then as soon as they go brown bear hunting like it it seems like they all are brown bear junkies and what is it about it is it just the adrenaline of the size of the animal knowing that it can eat you or what is it yeah, no, it's uh, like for me, it's just, it's one of those things I read about as a kid. I mean, like elk, sheep, and big bears are where my passion lies and everybody's got their things that they love, but elk, sheep, and big bears, that's what, that's what I love. And, and, you know, it was, you know, seeing Chuck Adams, super slam posters and, and watching Fred bear, like, it's just something that seemed unachievable when I was a little kid. It was just like, man, that is just, that's, that's when you get to the real deal, that's what you get to do. And so to be able to do that, um, is it's just, and, and it's not the danger thing in fact there's far less danger than people think like 
I see some of these other films where guys are making a big deal about almost getting eaten and all that stuff, and all that stuff's almost all BS. I mean, it's actually very controlled, and it's really about um, putting yourself in the right situation to make a really good shot and and make you know trying not to make any errors. And it's it's actually very controlled. It just, um, I think the drama gets brought in by um, trying to make a story out of stuff, which you know if you do it right, you don't need to make a story about it. But as far as like, I've never felt like. Yeah, I don't think anybody's been closer to a 10 foot bear than four yards um, after they shot them. Like my first one, or I, I don't look at the danger thing. I look like that's why you practice and that's why you go with a really good outfitter and somebody that you trust and is, is the, it's very, very controlled. It's like the opposite of I'm going to go out there and, you know, I'm going to get eaten. And like, I, I don't buy any of that and I've done it more than anybody. So um, I, I just, I just think they're such, I, I will tell you this, they are such an impressive animal it's shocking how big they are. I mean, it's really one of those that you, the photos look giant. You see them, you're just like, man, that paw's bigger than your chest. You know, they're, they're just massive, like bigger than a horse. But it's just one of those things when you see one in person, you go like, oh my God. I mean, they're just one of the last true living monsters on the planet. I mean, the, the bear, when, when, when this one, when he walked off the beach, uh, he probably had a seven foot sow with her, with him. And I mean, this thing came off the beach and it was like, I actually said to Lance, I said, if that thing had crocodile skin, we'd be running from it. Like they're <laughs> a monster. Like if that thing was exactly like a brown bear, but it had lizard skin, it, it, it would be the most terrifying thing you'd ever seen in, on the planet. Like they're, <laughs> they're just crazy. So I just, I just love that. And, and it's just where they're from, you know, it's such a remote area. The weather is so terrible and, and it's just like, you can't fake it. You can't fake going and hunting and killing a giant brown bear. There's nowhere you can be like odds are better this and that. Like you got to go be there. And you know, it's just one of those things like nobody accidentally kills a mega giant. They just, they just don't. And you're definitely not going to accidentally end up killing a world-class bear with your bow so those are the type of hunts that appeal to me the most that you just there's there's no there's no cheat code there's nothing you just got to go do it which is which is what's awesome about it and it's it's probably that i i've been telling people you know as this price of sheep has gone up and these big trips which you know not everybody can do but i feel like brown bear is probably the most undervalued hunt in north america now for what you get what you get to see the adventure of it, the animal itself, like they're still not, you know, I mean, doll sheep are getting out of hand and stone sheep are off over the moon and big mule deer are crazy expensive. I, I feel like brown bear is, uh, it's, it's a tremendous hunt if you only get to do it once. Let's bounce back to your grand slam um, completion. Uh, I believe that's your second grand slam. Am I correct? Yep. Ar um, archery slam. This one was, but the first one was the rifle. Yep. Gotcha. Um, so you have completed a rifle slam and an archery slam. Having yep. said that, d does, does the passion for sheep hunting wane at all compared to how hard it burned in your belly before that? I mean, is there any let up at all? Like maybe you will shift focus to something else or you have your eyes on it, you know, getting your, your third slam. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I don't have any, I mean, like I've been so blessed and I've had more opportunities than I ever thought I possibly could have. Like, um, it, I love sheep country. I love going on sheep hunts. Um, do I need to shoot? I, I was really motivated to kill really big dolls and I, I've got a couple of them now. And, 
um, you know, giant big horn and, you know, stone sheep are so expensive, but I, 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 I love hunting sheep country and I'll continue to hunt sheep country probably with other people. And, um, but you know, I've taken enough Rams. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not going to, I'm not going to sheep hunt coming up this summer in the Yukon, but, um, it definitely wanes as far as, I guess my, my love of sheep country and bumping into a really, a real monster is, is probably, more of a drive than 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 just getting one you know like i mean I, I don't mind walking away from a sheep hunt without getting one um i've been pretty lucky um but no i i i, I obviously my son's getting older he's gonna he's gonna hopefully we'll have some opportunities for him uh down the road and I, I got some buddies that are going on hunts that i've already you know said i'm going as a packer or just to go along and um yeah, it's just an opportunity that's so limited. So I've, I've just I've had a lot of great opportunities, and the 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 de- the, the desert with the bow was uh, one of those that you know to finish off a grand slam with a bow. It's just you know there's only eighty. I'm number eighty three. That you know there's less than a hundred people have ever done it. That's that's something that's pretty cool. And and um, but it was yeah, it was a very very cool hunt. And yeah, they're they're uh, yeah, just been a, been a good run on the sheep. There's no doubt about that. All right, let me talk about um, hunting with Lucas. And you said, I, I know he's. you've had him on some whitetail hunts. You've had him on some deer hunts in Montana. Um, and then he went and ran around with you chasing, and he got to watch you shoot this big bull elk. First of all, how old is Lucas? And I want to ask you some questions about um, just being a father and, and talking about hunting with family. Luke. Yeah, Lucas is 11 and he's been uh he's been hunting with me and going like and I I've had a lot of people like he's he's really really into it and and I've like, had a lot like of how so like, like like when you're at home he's watching videos he's asking you questions he's out shooting his bow like when you say yeah, into all, it, all like, of the above and this morning when I walked into his room he was reading uh one of the new Boone and Crockett books and was wondering why this one elk was in there was a non-typical that had three brow tines on both sides and not um, a typical. Like he's into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's super into it, and you know, it's it's just been, I guess, watching me and then and then you know taking him along, and I've I've kind of got this fifty percent rule with him. He wants to go on everything, and I only take him about half the time. Um, I don't let him go on everything because I don't want to burn him out. I try not to take him on stuff that's gonna really whip him physically and be not fun. Like we've really concentrated on fun. And I, you know, before he was old enough to hunt here in Montana, I took him down to Texas and Texas is a great place. Like shooting javelinas and, and management deer and all that stuff. And I have a friend that has a ranch down there. That's let him come down and shoot some nice bucks. And it was, you know, just, I think it's the key is he's had some really good success and been with us when we, you know, went recovered. I mean, I, I took him on his first elk recovery after I killed a bull in 2015, I guess he would have been three and a half years old and he, hiked in a quarter mile and we got the elk out it was pretty cool so i think it's just it's it and some kids have it some kids don't um i don't know and i'm blessed that he he loves to do what i love to do so it's yeah it's it's awesome and, and he's he's 90 pounds now and gets around really good he's tough and uh so like yeah this fall i went back and got him you know a four-day weekend and, and i've been hunting this bull for 11 days and he uh it, honestly he's he's a really good hunter and i'm sure everybody says that about their kid but he's super quiet he's very so would you say just stay right behind me when i stop you stop yep. when just don't move did you just 
I mean, yeah, yeah. He just stays behind me and, um, he, he's got a little cow call that he does really well. He's got a little soft cow call. And, um, I was just like, just, just, just listen to me. And I got a little set of stocking shoes for him. We wear these little soft shoes. So it's, it's nice and quiet, but he, he's, you know, growing up stocking rabbits in the yard and, you know, hunting all over. So he, he, he's, he, he gets it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, and we just got lucky. I'd, I'd seen this bull the day before and, and he was in a place I couldn't hunt him. And then he, I knew he was somewhere around and we did a huge loop. And like I said, it was, you know, I think we were about seven miles in when we found him. And, uh, yeah, the bull was just had a big herd of cows that he had just kind of isolated off and kicked everybody else's butt. And he just kind of kept started working towards us. And Lucas and I just got in front of him. Wind was good. And it was kind of like a cutting horse. We'd go a little bit left, a little bit right, a little bit left, a little bit right. So we, you know, they're coming towards us and we just got it where they're going to pop up here in a hundred yards somewhere. And uh, I was actually looking one way, and Lucas like they're right here, which is pretty cool. It, we had a herd of forty cows, and this big bull came right up to us, and they weren't, you know, we were we were over this little ledge, and and uh, yeah, he was right there. And bull came around and checked the cows, and disappeared, and came around the other side right in front of us, and raised him at fifty and hard shot him, and he walked twenty yards and fell over dead. And none of the cows knew what was going on. It was pretty 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 awesome, especially to have him right there with me. So it was cool. Yeah. As far as I, I want to know on, on your meter of, you know, like the the most cherished moment, like all the big stuff you've killed, was that one of the best moments of your hunting career to have him there to kind of see the highs and lows and then be able to kill that bull right in front of him? Like, was that probably one of the best experiences you've had with him? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And did just, he realize the, the moment? Did, like, did, did he realize oh, yeah. like you did, like, what it was or was oh yeah think, okay yeah yeah no it was cool and 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 just yeah it's just it's just a transition of like and especially you like he saw like we we got into some bulls early it's like nope not that one it's like and just kind of see how i do it and and that like you know he wants your kid to go like oh hey dad's he all the stuff he's talking about and that he's telling me like uh, that that really the old man's the real deal <laughs> yeah yeah i was like yep we're not going after that one we're not going after that one and and uh yeah it was it was it was really cool and and uh yeah i mean and and you know everybody that has i remember when i was i i hunted with randy ulmer in 2004 on a, at the same place we hunted and he was telling me w about hunting with his kids back then and like and i did you know it's like you always think you get it and i didn't get it you know it's like you don't have kids at the time you don't really know how cool that is and um hunting with friends is not the exact same as you know because it's it's passing on a legacy it's something you know, the greatest gift you could give a kid is, is, is a lifetime hobby that they're going to do their entire life. Like my, you know, like my dad passed on to me, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a super cool thing. And, and, uh, yeah, like I said, we're, I'm looking forward to how it's going to progress for him. And what is he eyeballing as far as like, dad, I really want to go X, Y, Z. What is, what is like, what does he, what is his like, most oh, focused oh, animal oh, that he wants oh, to go a lot of stuff we're not going to do right off the bat <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> yeah i mean high altar golly and and uh yeah no but um he really wants to get a caribou which we're going to make happen and and uh you know um, elk elk next year you know like he'll be 12 next year that'll be that'll be pretty cool and, and so he's uh, legal uh, in montana to hunt elk. Be legal. yeah you can hunt deer when you're 10 in montana so he's killed two really nice bucks 
and then next year he'll be able to hunt elk, which is which is pretty cool. So with a bow we'll, or and, rifle? Yeah, with a bow. Yeah, wow. with a bow or a rifle. But uh, we'll we'll bow hunt, and and I've I've kind of got it planned out for him where you know we're not going to be super picky. Like I want to have success. I'm not uh, like the, I don't want to start somewhere, right? Yeah, and I don't want it to get to where. You know, because a lot of times what I'm doing is not quite as fun as it used to be. You know, when you're letting 350 bulls walk, and I can see some videos, I'm not just saying that. I mean, when you let big bulls that you, you know, back in the day, you do backflips over walk because you're looking for something bigger. You know, success is harder to come by, and it's it's frustrating. Um, and I don't want him to be that early. You know, that's great if that works into that. And he, you know, smashes way more big bulls than I ever have. That's awesome. But right off the bat, I want uh, man, we want to go you know, some big fat raghorn stands in front of us at 20 yards. He's getting, he's getting, getting a, getting an arrow. So that's, that's, it'd just be fun to. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because like there's a lot of, I'm trying to correlate a little bit of an analogy here, but there's a lot of world-class golfers that have been at the highest level of golf and played professional, you know, for years and won major championships and, and whatnot. And very few of their kids actually, turn around and play competitive golf and i think some of it is they've seen their fathers at such a high level i think it's very important that you say hey we're gonna go and if we see a you know five point legal bull and and he's gives us a shot we're you know so in other words you're trying not to put pressure on him to uh, succeed to your standards starting off you're you're trying to teach him that you got to start somewhere and you got to you know get some experience and then and then if ultimately the i would assume one of your biggest joys if ultimately you'll be gone someday and when he's telling his kids you would love it if he surpasses you becomes a better hunter shoots bigger animals than you but that's not that's not ultimately as a father that's not what you're pushing for what you're pushing for is trying to give him opportunities to enjoy what you both enjoy together right yeah i want to have a good time right. I, I want to have a good time with him and i want to see you know I, I think it's important with kids to have success and i i think a lot of people get get it wrong in the fact that right off the bat they're like oh man it's giant or nothing it's like man i i, I, I think back to the early nineties when I was trying to kill my first elk with a bow and man, the first two, my, my first six point I ever kill. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever replicated that much joy um, or just, and maybe it's just cause it was shock that I couldn't believe that something would get in front of me or whatever, but yeah, <laughs> Stand you don't, don't want to skip that. <laughs> you don't want to skip that, that point. I mean, like even next year, like if it's a spike or whatever, I don't, I don't care. I want, I want him to, I want him to see the progression cause his skill set is not going to be, and, and, you know, killing great big stuff a lot of times is not in your control. I want him to become a good hunter and control what he can control. So we're going to go hunt elk where they're elk and, you know, and, and become, I, I want him to become a good elk hunter. I don't want him to uh, have a spot that he goes or to like, I want him to learn how to hunt elk. I don't, I don't care what the results are right off the bat. Um, I want him to learn how to hunt elk. And then ultimately that will lead to whatever his journey is. I mean, he may want to fill the freezer. Every, I, it doesn't matter to me, but ultimately I want him to become a good elk hunter more so than kill elk. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Brendan, I want to shift gears here. Um, Kuyu has developed a whitetail line, a waterfowl line, and has come out with a, a, a wide variety of, of women's um, products 
And from the outside looking in, all three have been a major success. Um, can you kind of dive into each one and talk about not only the success they've had with the, with the line uh, or lines, um, but kind of some of the behind the scenes of what you guys were trying to do to fill those needs? Yeah, we, we go about um, adding new stuff in in kind of a different way than anybody else does. I mean, we we look at everything and not like, oh, hey, there's a new market we can go into. It. We we look at it like, can we make this stuff better? You know, can we with with better fabric and design and being well more well thought out? Like, can we make stuff better? Where um, you know, the women's line was was uh, was one of the a really cool thing that we introduced and it was basically a, a, a sizing exercise you know we have some really serious um, women that that were like oh, man, all the stuff is great it just if it could just fit better and they we went into um, you know I wasn't obviously heavily involved in that because I'm not a woman <laughs> right. but um, you know we look at you know Glenda Grode and um, and Stephanie Lowe and, and Shan uh, Tompkins, like real real women that were using it in the field a lot. We're like, oh, this could be improved. And so um, very similar to the, to the men's stuff, just with a better fit. And it's been well-received. Um, it's been great. Um, and it was, uh, it was a, a cool thing for us to do and, and has been, uh, been very successful. And on the, on, the, on the waterfowl line and the whitetail line, we just attack those as as really getting to the to the core of what where we we thought we could improve. It wasn't like, hey, we need a me too product. We need to get in that as well because we we took a long time to develop, and you know, especially with uh, you know, I don't I don't think a lot of people realize that the uh, the 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 waterfowl side of it is pretty interesting because some of the best duck hunting in the world is within thirty minutes of of the headquarters there, and so those guys are they're really into it and. Um, so you think the waterfowl fun. development was easy transition for them because they all are waterfowl hunters. Yeah. And, and our, and, and really, you know, when you talk about from the beginning, it's always been about better fabrics and better design and more well thought out. And it's a lot of, it's a similar technology. It's just, you know, applying it to, uh, practical uses in those, in, in, in those hunts. And, and so, yeah, the waterfowl thing and, um, just, just making it to where, what, what people want to, to go hunt waterfowl and, and what's, you know, uh, you know, you don't need it quite as light, more warm, you know, the way we did a, a really cool co-brand, um, waiter program with Sims, which is obviously one of the leaders in, in waiter technology in, in the world. And that was, that was a really cool, um, uh, to, to partner up with them. And yeah, it's been very successful. Um, just been almost everything we've introduced has, has went really well. The, the whitetail side we approach from a different um, way, and it's not—I I, I don't even really call it whitetail stuff. But it, it, what we approached is how can we make it quieter, and how can we keep you warm? You know, cold and quiet was the kind of initiative. Not, hey, we need whitetail stuff. It's been cold and quiet. Like, how do we make this stuff uh, for a different application that's going to be nearly silent and is going to keep you warm in when you're not high exertion hunting when you're more stagnant and that was how we went about it and again it's just better fabrics better design better insulation mapped out more well thought out and just really listening to the guy like i would say nobody i mean i've hunted whitetails my entire life but would i consider myself an absolute expert like some of the people we brought in to pick their brain on no um just listen to the little things that 
you know, a lot of stuff is about 90% there. It's, it's hard to get it all the way there. So just listening to the guys that um, are using it every day and the stuff that they want and, and need. And it's been a long, long testing process. It's been a, in the works for a long, long time, um, years. I can't even tell you what year we started it. Um, but it's, it's went over really well. And, and, you know, ultimately we want to, we want to fill out everything that any hunter is going to do. I mean, obviously there, our passion is, is the mountain hunting and, and, and the stuff that we started with, but, um, there's a lot of hunting that goes on in between sheep hunts and elk tags and, um, going out West. And we also want to make sure that you're, you're not using inferior gear for that stuff when you're, uh, when you're doing stuff that's more local or, or whatever your other passion lies. So it's been super well received and, um, it's got a really cool bag welded program that has been some, you know, some really cool new technology. Those are waterproof stuff. And yeah, it's just been, it's a lot of fun to, to drive into new areas. And, and we got an awesome team there that, you know, has been a little bit divided up now and, and several members are in this specialized in the waterfowl and this in the cold and quiet side and the gear side and the mountain hunting side. And so it's, it's been a big growth at the company too, which is, which is pretty awesome to uh to, to see speaking of growth of the company you guys have also opened up a retail store or retail location um in dallas texas tell us a little yep. bit about um the first retail location for kuyu well it's our second location we've got we've always had one in dixon which is a crazy successful store at the headquarters right at the headquarters, yeah, it's it's not a not a big one, but we, uh, yeah, we we put our first uh, flagship retail store in, in in Dallas, and we have a pile of customers. I mean, it's no it's no surprise Texas is. I mean, you think about a mountain hunting company, you know, why Texas? Like we have a massive amount of customers there. It's a a lot of travel goes through there. It's just it just you know the data show that's a really great location, and and we have a lot of customers in Texas, and it's been a it was just a it just a good fit for. Um, for a store and, and, uh, yeah, it's been phenomenal. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been going amazing. Got some, some great people down there. And if anybody's in Dallas, uh, just Google it and go check it out. And we, they, they put a lot of time and energy into it. It's a, it's a pretty awesome experience. And ultimately the, the retail experiences for us are, you can't always put your hand on it. You know, like, I mean, the, the one negative to consumer direct and, and just, I guess to clarify, like, this is our store. This is not, a retail, you know, we don't send it to somebody else. This is like we control every aspect of the experience and to go in and see the Kuyu experience in full and, and to be able to put your hands on it and sizing and, and really interact with somebody that knows what they're talking about as far as the product wise has always been one of the goals. Um, and it's just been, it's, it's cool to see it come to fruition. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a really awesome store and, and, and the experience there is, uh, is pretty cool. So anybody in the Dallas area, I would definitely go check it out. I mean, up until now, um, customers, if they wanted to touch it, feel it, you know, put their hands on it, they had to go to some of the trade shows that Kuyu was yep. at or had to go to Dixon, California. Now you add the middle of the country, you know, Dallas, Texas. Um, I'm betting that that store is probably reporting that you're getting people not only from Texas, but other states that are driving over, you know, a couple hours from Oklahoma driving from, over flying over right. it's, it's pretty amazing yeah the, the crew that was down there during uh during the month of November um we we have a lot of different people coming in to work the store which is pretty unique in the fact that uh some of our guys that are that are uh part of the trade show circuit and 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 people that are just really close to the brand that 
don't necessarily work ever at Kuyu will come down and work for a week or two in the, or a couple days or whatever in the, in the store in Dallas. And yeah, there was lots of people traveling a long ways to see it. And, and, it, and like I said, it's not just a, some pop-up store or something like a lot of work went into it. It's a, it's a real, it's a real hands-on Kuyu experience, um, which is really always been the goal. Like we've always wanted to control the sales experience and, and, and not only deliver a superior product, but deliver a superior interaction and and knowledge to you know to the customer it's it's we we just wanted to take it to it on on a a higher level of customer service for sure um so it's cool to to go in there and they they really have a a a lot of knowledge and they got every one of the products in there and sizing and and you know you can you you can walk out the door with everything that's there or you can have it shipped to your house so it's pretty it's pretty cool Fantastic. Um, while we're talking about that, do you happen to know off the top of your head which trade shows um, the guys from Kuyu will be at as far as um, if people are listening and want to know if they're going to be at a certain show? If, if you know, pretty much at those shows, the full line of Kuyu gear is there where yep. you can go and touch it and put your hands on it. Um, do you know what shows coming up uh, you guys will be at? Yeah, we will be at Dallas Fire Club, Wild Sheep, um, the Western Hunting Expo, Safari Club International, the Great American Outdoor Show. I believe it's still called that. Um, the, the one, one in Harrisburg. Uh, yep. Yeah, that one. And then, the, um, boy, don't hold me on it. I think we do the NRA show too, but I, okay. let me check. I, but th- those, those ones for sure we're at right now. And then, um, we'll have a presence at some of the smaller sheep shows, um, state shows, uh, Montana and a couple other ones will, but um, we will have a full show schedule posted at kuyu.com. Um, um, if it's not up there right now, it'll be up there shortly. So, but the, the, the main four or the main five are those ones is Dallas Safari Club, SCI, Western Conservation Expo, and Wild Sheep, and, and the Harrisburg one. Okay, I wanted to touch uh, particularly on a couple of products, one of which um, I've been wearing, I just wore on that desert sheep hunt in Mexico, was the Pro Brush Pant. Um, Wanted to know if you've had um, much uh, success wearing that um, yourself. And I have to say from, you know, someone that's, you know, running around in Arizona and the, you know, harsh conditions as far as vegetation slapping up against your legs and whatnot. I was impressed with the brush pant. Um, what have been, what has been your take on that piece of gear? Yeah, I've worn it all over. It's one of my, uh, it's one of the new things we've added in that I really love. And it, it it's uh, obviously designed to be uh, resistant and heavy duty, um, um, you know, high, high level abrasion of durability. Resistant. Yeah, abrasion resistant durability, but it doesn't wear like it's as heavy as it is. And that yeah. may not make a lot of sense, but it it um, feels light on when you're wearing it. I yeah. mean, it's a step it's up from the Kutana, but it but it yeah. still feels light like the Kutana pant. Yeah, yeah, it wears lighter than it is. Um, and yeah, I wore it on Kodiak a year ago, um, quite a bit, just when we were originally testing out and launched it, and uh, I was very surprised i mean not surprised but i was i was i really like it and it fits in my in my kind of overall you know how many pants can you have that you actually need to wear well that, that one definitely slid into where I, I wear it quite a bit um i like the hook the boot hook on it i like the way yeah it's just got a slick feel to it for us uh, uh, the 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 weight of the fabric um and it's actually super super water resistant too so 
great, great product. They did a killer job on that. And, um, you know, we just get a lot of requests for stuff that, you know, as, as you develop the line, as far as the pants, you know, from attack and Tiburon and Katana and guide and axis. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, a lot of times it's customer feedback. It's like, have you thought, you know, I could use this right here that this is close, but it's not quite. And that's kind of where the brush band came from. You know, originally, um, it's kind of like that upland, uh, you know, really brush high grass, like something that's really durable, but has all the features that you, that you expect from a Kuyu pant. And, and they, they knocked that one out of the park. Yeah. I mean, it, there's so many applications for that pant, um, you know, from quail hunting, you know, any type of upland, you know, bird, bird hunting where you need to, you know, you're going through sagebrush, you're going through brush, um, you know, from say the thigh down and, you know, you need a little bit heavier duty, you know, to even, you know, desert sheep hunting to desert mule deer hunting. I mean, I, I, there's, I really like that. The other piece of gear that, um, has been out now for about a year is that axis thermal hybrid, um, hooded jacket. Um, talk a little bit about that piece as far as I love how you have, um, for anybody out there listening, you you need to go on kuyu.com to see it. But in essence, um, it's a hybrid of basically down insulation in the, the areas where you want to keep your core, um, warm but then you've got the um, the other material that is breathable, if, if if that makes sense. Talk about that piece, as I feel like it's a real um, kind of a game changer piece. Yeah, I mean the hybrid stuff is pretty cool in the fact that it's the right fabric in the right places, and and we'll, we have a lot of hybrids coming where you you can really just you know define where you need stuff, and that piece in particular is has been a huge hit i mean people love that thing um and and again yeah it's it's insulated in the body and i'm trying to think i don't have one right here you you kind of caught me off guard with the i knew you were going to talk about the access thermal but let me walk out and grab one so i can let me sure i got it in front of me but yeah it's it's been a that's been a huge hit um and and it's just you, you know all the hybrids are um the best well, the, the, the beauty fabric, of it is you can you can maintain movement without, you know, if, if you were to wear the Super Down Pro and hike up a ridge, you're going to sweat your butt off because you don't have that variability in the, you know, under your arms, on the sides, um, where, you know, you're, you're going to need it to breathe. Where when you're wearing this product, what I like about it is I can hike with this jacket. I can still stay warm, but I don't get so hot that I sweat like crazy. And I think that's what makes this, for me, that makes this um, thermal hybrid so, I mean, it's such an awesome piece. Yeah, I mean, it's got a, it's, it's a th- synthetic insulation called Fiberball in it. So it's uh, it's not down. Um, it's a it's a replica down, which is really cool. This fiber ball stuff, but it's uh, yeah. This is, and it's been a huge. I mean, it's it it's one of those jackets that has a lot of application in hunting. It also is, you know, which I guess counts quite a bit too. It's a super good looking jacket. People just love the jacket. I mean, it's just it's gone really well. So so it's um, been a huge seller. Yeah, yeah, it's been a great product. Great product. We make a vest as well, which has been big. So yeah, that's a that's awesome. You know, obviously the axis, the 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 waterproof, 
the, the membrane soft shell above and then insulation in the middle where you need it has been, uh, you know, to some of these hybrid, hybrid designs, high, well, some of the hybrid designs yep. are, uh, are just, you know, it, it just, it allows you to, to really, really dive in on developing pieces that um, everything's in the right spot. That's the best way to put it. That also brings up um, the, the strong fleece, um, how you guys have basically come up with the different layering systems from, you know, the 190 strong fleece zip tee um, all the way up to the 290. Um, and yep. as you go up in size or say 290 is going to be a more uh, heavier weight uh, thicker, warmer piece than say the 190. Um, yep. Talk about you know having those different pieces and how they've been received from the public of being able to kind of custom fit whatever hunt you know within a hunt you might be wearing a 190 uh, zip tee, but three days later the temperature changes and all of a sudden you're wearing you know, the 290 and it's on the same hunt. Like it's literally been within a week, week's time or five day period that you're wearing two different pieces of gear and how important that is for QU to be able to offer those different um, weight categories. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of mid layers and the fact that like some, some mid layers you wear primary all the time, you know, like your, your, your lighter ones on the, I mean, they go up on, on, as the numerical scale and then all the way up to, you know, like your, your 290 or your 275 full zip will be kind of like your earlier season, not a jacket, but your you know, like in a time when you don't wear a jacket or as a super cold uh, mid layer. So it's, it's all just this, you know, I mean, the 240 is another one where it's, uh, you know, it's got a uh, act, it's got a, it's got a windbreak in the center. So it's highly wind resistant, so we're more, we're more breathable, but we've always tried to add, add stuff in that has a, uh, has that that has a need um and and some are zip tee some are full zip depends on what you like and that's why that's why there's so many of them and, um with the with the hoodies um what would you say do you sell more hoodies than than the zip tees or would you say it's uh, about no, half I, and half i would probably say half and half and i you know i think it just depends on personal preference i prefer a full zip myself i don't know as i get older like I'm, I'm not really into climbing in, into my shirt, but I, I, we sell a pile of zip tees too. And sometimes it's about saving a little bit of weight or making a, a piece more multi-use. Um, but yeah, that's why we always have that option, hooded, non-hooded, you know, et cetera. Makes sense. Um, anything you want to share with me on uh, letting the cat out of the bag on stuff Kuyu's, um I always bust your balls on this kind of question, but it seems like you always <laughs> dodge it and say you can't say anything, but are you guys working on some cool stuff? We are working on some cool stuff. <laughs> Is that all you're, you're going to tell me? I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. We, we always got some cool stuff in the works and um, yeah, I mean, we got, we got some really cool development stuff coming. Um, we're always working on, uh, and, and not just new development on redevelopment, like, um, new fabrics and similar product you know like again we're not reinventing the wheel on every single thing it's like there's times where you can improve stuff so there's a lot of that stuff coming um yeah always always in the works those guys they got they got a lot of stuff we're working on pretty much every single day so awesome there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up and a lot of, a lot of initiative coming down the pipe and yeah uh, it's uh it's not innovation never rests right that's right buddy i want to so, uh 
I want to finish here on Kuyu has done more for wild sheep than any company that's out there. Um, it, it, it's just unbelievable how Kuyu has stepped up and you have actually been kind of at the forefront of being the conservation director um, for Kuyu. You know, you guys have contributed almost $400,000 towards real sheep conservation projects. Um, I know you moved what was it, 175 Rocky Mountain Bighorn and Desert Sheep uh, in yep. Montana, North Dakota, Utah, and Arizona. Um, yep. Talk a little bit about um, Conservation Direct and, you know, Kuyu's involvement with, not involvement, Kuyu's spearhead. Um, yeah, we like to drive, I mean, uh, Conservation Direct is is very similar to our business. Like we don't, we, uh, we, we like to spearhead our own projects in, in partnership with state agencies or, uh, or, or the local nonprofit. Um, and really it's very simple. Conservation direct is just like our business. Like we want to cut out the middleman and we want to get more done. We want to, we want to really put money and effort towards real projects that are going to get stuff done. And we've, we've, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we'll be over $400,000 direct dollars from Kuyu. Um, that we've done um, in the last uh, since March of 2020, um, which I there's nobody else out there that's doing that kind of stuff. I mean, there's lots of there's the money, the the donations and the the projects that we're doing. That's where the money. That's where the uh, rubber meets the road. I mean, we we want to do real projects that we can see the end result. And like I, I said, mean, didn't you guys like take over Arizona's sheep? budget in 2021 i mean you literally took, took, took the over whole again. thing yep. you just said yep. we will pay for the whole thing yep i had a meeting with them and they had four big projects in the works it was their whole um budget for 2021 and uh they were like we are you interested in any of these projects and i was like how about if we take them all yeah it was about 169 bucks um, we took the whole thing over and, uh, and, 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 and obviously it's not taken over. I mean, we, we partnered with them to offset. And the, the cool thing about, you know, particularly in that Arizona project is, um, it has a lot of impact in other things as well. I mean, like sheep's the passion. I mean, we, we do the sheep stuff because that's my passion. I mean, I, I, when I came up with the conservation direct, I was just like, man, there's just gotta be a better way to be involved in these projects than letting other people do them. And, and, and. And, and, and so what it is, is, you know, we, we took over that project and, and, and partnered with Arizona Game of Fish and Arizona Desert Bighorn Sheep Society and, and, and took that over. But what that, what it does, what people don't really understand is that that's $164,000 that went to a lot of other things. I mean, there's not a, you know, there's not a, uh, a North American foundation for Mern's quail out there, you know, <laughs> like it, it frees up uh, a lot of money to do projects that aren't sexy like sheep. And, you know, another thing that people don't realize is when you when you take a direct donation from a company like, say, for Kuyu, um, the state agency can take that because it's not a we're we're not a five hundred one c three we're not a um, we're not taking donations um, and uh, like they they can take that with Pittman Robertson money and double, triple, and quadruple that money for their budget. You know, so one hundred sixty four thousand dollars turns into a lot more money when it's a, a direct donation from a company directly to them. So that's um, you know, people look, look more into that as far as, you know, it's just maximizing your conservation dollars, um, on projects where you can see a tangible outcome. You know, for us, it's, we want to tell the story. We want to, we want to be out there with those biologists and we want to, um, you know, help in those transplants. That's, 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 we're not doing it for, 
um, you know, to get a pat on the back, we're doing it because we, you know, I mean, that's that's how you're going to have more sheep hunts down the road, and that's how we're going to have more sheep on the landscape. Is, is really, you know, seeing these projects come to fruition. And it's been, it, it's by far my favorite thing to do now. Um, I'm I'm so proud of, um, you know, the fact that the company has backed all these and and this just the amount of buy-in as far as doing these projects because it was it was frustrating for a long time to not be included it's very clicky and niche and you know you got to do this and you got to buy this advertising and this is sorry you can't do that this is our other partner and we just got rid of all that bs and we're just like let's do our own projects we'll just we'll just go straight to the source and pay for the whole project and and let the people you know biologists are not great at raising money that's not what their job is so when you can step in and offset those costs and get them to where hey what would you do if money wasn't a problem and they're like oh we do this well, let's do that so it's it's been extremely gratifying and you know things are going well at Kuyu. i mean it's, it's i don't think anybody can look around and not run into a a jacket in the airport or somebody wearing it so things are going really well and i think our, our customer i've always thought our customer expects us to do really good things with the with with the uh with the success that we've had and and it's just been it's just a win-win win all the way around it's just been a phenomenal uh, initiative that's not even slowing down we have another huge project uh, i can't exactly say where but in the next two months we're going to move 40 more sheep um, in a big project we're taking care of that whole thing um, it's going to be a, a phenomenal reintroduction to a herd that had disappeared and uh, partnered with a, an agency and a, and a local five and a local uh, chapter to to do it and um, we'll, we'll have some more information about that shortly but we got another great big project coming up that's just really cool going to add another state that we've moved sheep in which is ultimately we want to move sheep in every state everywhere and 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 uh yeah that's been it's, it's a pretty awesome pretty awesome thing to be a part of that's fantastic you can hear when you're talking about it you can hear the passion in your voice for it and it's it's fantastic that you've um been able to you know find those projects and find the places where there's a need and be able to put that money directly on the ground so congratulations yeah, so it's always been that. something that you that you hear about or you that, that, that like people you know you, you hear about it or you you hear people talking about it, but it's always seemed like one of those things like oh how do you how do you really know how to do that stuff and how do you get a part of that or how do i like that's the really where people are like, man, I, I'd love to be a part of something like that where I can see where my money's working or my efforts going to, and um, it's really not that hard. I mean, we've we've, we've really really attacked it and uh, and and really tried to make a difference. And and you know, I, I hope people see that. I know they do, and I hope they under, understand um, what, we're, what we're doing because it's 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 very impactful and it's it's making a difference. That's fantastic. Well, Brendan, it's been an awesome hour getting to share here uh, with you and, and hear how things are going and hear how things are at Kuyu. And it's always great talking to you. Um, want to give you a chance, uh, any final thoughts you've got there. And um, just want to thank you again for coming on today. Um, and I know the listeners will be excited to hear this episode. Awesome, man. No, no, appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we have, we'll, uh, we'll have some more information on that next project coming up and, uh, yeah, kuyu.com. That's, that's where you can see it all. So that's right. Um, guys, uh, kuyu ultralight hunting, uh, all the gear that I've been using since 2010. Um, like Brendan said, go to kuyu.com. It's a direct to consumer, uh, brand. You can go on the website, order everything right there. If you're in that Dallas area, make sure to check 
out the new retail location there in Dallas. And then Brendan also um, said the upcoming shows that uh, the guys are going to be at. And uh, make sure if you uh, see Brendan at those shows to go up and say hello and shake his hand and introduce yourself to him. Um, Brendan, as always, it's awesome having you on the podcast. Um, I'm excited to see um, Lucas, uh, your son, as he flourishes over the next uh, handful of years and, and really you know, chases his passion. Um, and it's uh, just great catching up with you. And uh, thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me on. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, buddy. Take care. God bless. Yep.